0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Title of my message today, not yet. <laughs> We're going to be going to John chapter 7 And we'll share the Word of God today. You know, waiting is perhaps one of the most difficult demands we face in life. Isn't it? Waiting. Oh, my goodness. Well, it seems that most people could use a bit more patience, but the problem is they need it right now. And uh, waiting doesn't seem to be near as hard, however, whenever you really believe that what you're waiting on is going to happen. Whenever you really believe that it's going to happen, waiting seems to be just a little bit easier. Uh, But without believing it's going to happen, waiting can begin to tax your faith and your trust. And reading through the Bible, you will come to a lot of times when the Bible says, not yet. In fact, 39 times in the Bible, the Bible says, not yet. In only one chapter... Jesus said not yet four times. That's right, 10% of all the times in the Bible where it says not yet, Jesus says in one chapter about one particular thing at one season. Isn't it amazing? And we happen to be in that season right now. So let's take a look at that chapter and see how not yet applies to us right now and how this word today can make a difference in our lives. We're going to be going again to John chapter 7. We sit at a very interesting time not only in, in God's calendar and seasons because here we are in the fall. We just had a God New Year just a few days ago and then the Day of Atonement and then the Feast of Tabernacles started and we are here today at the very end of the Feast of Tabernacles that is on God's calendar. You know God has a calendar and his calendar is the right calendar. We're in a very special time but also we are in a very unique time in the world the world has never been in the place it's at today the world we're not just in some generational transition we're not just in some situation to where there's hardship and hurt and worry we're not just in some uh, divisive political tone or time we're not just in a in in a time whenever racial tensions and, and 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 cultural differences have been exaggerated and and we're not just in a normal time of trouble this world is in trouble it's in trouble more trouble than the world realizes and many times we are hoping we are praying as the word of God says the church should pray Jesus come now come on Jesus right now Uh, but since we don't see him here I'm guessing that the time has not yet been let's look now at the seventh chapter of the book of John beginning in verse one after these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Can you imagine people seeking to kill Jesus? Yeah, you know, there are people for whatever reason that are just born evil and born wicked. You know, I I used to wonder about this, but but reading through the Word of God, you can just see that there are people and there are situations, circumstances that are just born of some evil intent. I cannot imagine anyone wanting to kill somebody that all that person wanted to do was help them. All that person wanted to do was to encourage them, save their life, give them eternal life, but yet jesus had to be very careful about you know where he went and the people that he got around because there were people constantly trying to kill him verse two now the jews feast of tabernacles was at hand you know as an american church we just hardly know anything about these feasts you know we've talked about them in this season because we are in one of the most important seasons of the year in fact, the most important season of the year, during this Feast of Tabernacles. It speaks to us of a wonderful day to come. You know, it's, 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 it's also called the Feast of Booths. It's also called uh, uh, the Feast of Ingathering. It happens at the, at the time of the year whenever the harvest is, 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 is gathered in. You know, So it speaks to us also of, of a rapture of the church, of a time in the season whenever God is going to harvest the earth and, and then bring His children home. It speaks to us of a time whenever God is doing something special and miraculous in the lives of His children. It is, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is one of the three major feasts you can find in Deuteronomy 6, 16 16 one of the feasts that God said that all people will you know will attend this particular feast God does not think like we think by the way okay think about it God starts the day in the evening we started in the morning isn't that interesting you know a day on God's calendar starts in the evening at sundown that's 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 the next day that's kind of interesting to me uh, also the year begins at harvest time i would think the year will begin at the at, at season of planting wouldn't you i mean doesn't it seem like the time to start is when you're planting no the time to start is when you're harvesting i think that's an interesting thing most of the time what we think is the end of something god thinks is the beginning Many times whenever we feel like we've gone as far as we can and we don't know what else to do and we feel like we are at the end of our rope, God's saying, oh, it's the beginning. Look here. It's, it, it's the start of something. In fact, the Bible says, according to His Word, the end of something is better than the beginning. As, as far as you would look at it, when you think it's the end, God sees the beginning. It's amazing. You know, man's first day. God created man, and man's first day to live was God's day of rest. Isn't that interesting? Amazing. Well the Feast of Tabernacles is celebrated, as I said, after the harvest, and it, it's it's designed by God to commemorate God's protection and God's provision over his children in the years that they were in the wilderness. They lived in tents. And so every year, he told them, go back out in a tent and live in a tent to remind you where you came from and what I did for you whenever you were wandering around in the wilderness. I mean, you you couldn't plant a crop and you couldn't harvest a crop. I took care of you every day. I protected you every night. I gave you food every day. I gave you water in a place where no one else could. You could not have existed there. But all of you did well. Your feet did not swell and you were not sick. There was not a feeble one among you In all the days that I led you Even in the wilderness And this is what God wants them to remember Every year He wants us to remember That without respect to where we are Or what's going on around us Or what kind of world we wake up in If we wake up in a wilderness If we wake up in a place where it looks like There's famine or there's drought Or there's there's concern or there's worry Or there's fear God wants us to know and remember That he can take care of us in any situation And that's what Uh, this Feast of Tabernacles is designed to do as it also points toward a future that we will be gathered one day by God into our promised land. Uh, On on, on this Feast of Tabernacles, uh, this is the day that Solomon dedicated the temple in Jerusalem. It's also the day that Ezra resumed the sacrifice after the Babylonian captivity. It's also the day that the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the temple that Solomon had made for it. And and uh, you know th- this this is an amazing commemoration. And if you um, uh, you know have been around very long, you know that I believe this is the season that Jesus was born. Uh, since the children are out, I won't mess up Christmas for folks. But but you know Christmas is the time that Jesus was conceived. This is the season jesus was born this is the time that jesus came he 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 took upon flesh and dwelled among us dwelled tabernacled among us it's a feast of tabernacles to, to come and live with us to be with us in whatever situation we're in if we're on an up day or a down day if we're in a wilderness or a promised land god wants us to know he's right there with us and that's what the feast of tabernacles reminds us about uh, many believe uh, uh, that, that this feast is, is the forerunner. I believe it's the forerunner showing us what God is going to one day do with all of us in bringing us home. Well, uh, by the way your body is the current temple of the Lord the current tabernacle of God so the fulfillment of the feast of tabernacles with the advent of the coming of the Holy Spirit and Christ living in us made us a promise it made us uh, like like a down payment of God's promise that that he would live with us because now he lives in us and one day we will see this Feast of Tabernacles ultimately fulfilled. Well, uh, Revelation 21 verse 3 says this, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. You know, the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, Old Testament and New Testament. God wants to live with us and take care of us. And that's what we should remember. On top of all of this, tomorrow, Monday, tomorrow is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. What significance is that? Well, if we were to go back into Leviticus and read what God wants us to remember about the Feast of Tabernacles and how it's to be celebrated, on that last day of the Feast of Tabernacles at sundown, Feast of Tabernacles, you would think, is over. But that begins the eighth day called the Great Day of the Feast. The Great Day of the Feast. How does that figure in? Well, on the Great Day of the Feast, God wants something from us. We are to bring Him a very special gift on the eighth day. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment. And I'll try to make all of this you know, very plain and very understandable about what God is doing right now in our lives. Well, anyway, let's read again in John chapter 7. Pick back up where we left off. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand, verse 2. Verse 3. The brothers of Jesus, therefore, said to Jesus, Depart from here, leave Galilee, and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, if you're doing miracles and healings and walking on water, all the things you're doing, show yourself to the world verse 5 for even his brothers did not believe in him isn't it sad that the brothers of jesus did not even believe that jesus was special i mean how can you be raised for 30 years uh, in in a family and them not know you're special but they didn't believe in him and they're just you know they're just you know just teasing with him. Oh, go on down to Jerusalem. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. There'll be a lot of people down there and we know that you're special and we know that you can do things nobody else can do. Nobody who can do these things wants to hide. Come on, you want to be well-known. You want to be popular. Come on, come on, Jesus. Go on down to Jerusalem and show yourself and let everybody see what a big, special man you are. That's what his brothers were telling him. Well, Jesus in verse 6 said to his brothers my time is not yet come but your time is always ready the world cannot hate you but it hates me you ever notice how the world doesn't hate people that don't like Jesus (laughs) hello they just don't the world cannot hate you but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil Jesus said to his brothers, you go up to this feast. I am not yet. You remember the title of my sermon? I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. Down to verse 14. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. You see, not yet does not mean never. He's up about 80 miles from Jerusalem. And he told his brothers, you guys go ahead. And so they went ahead. He says, I'm not yet going. He didn't say I'm never going. He said, I'm not yet going. It's not yet. But then three and a half days into that seven-day feast, Jesus shows up in Jerusalem and walks into the temple. Let me tell you, not yet does not mean never. It's like a child asking mama for a cookie, and he, mama says, not now. Not now does not mean that you're never, she never wants you to have a cookie all of your life hopefully (laughs) okay you might get a sugarless cookie but it's you know or something made out of vegetables but uh, (laughs) remember I told you that that the feast lasted seven days now three and a half days into this he goes up the temple that's a good argument for for Wednesday night church by the way okay and also for a mid-tribulation intervention Okay, three and a half years into the tribulation. There's a lot going on with numbers with God that we don't fully understand. But seven is one of them and three and a half is another. And here, you know, in the middle of the feast, this seven-day feast, he goes into the temple and he begins to teach. I guess he thought they might need a shot in the arm in the middle of the week like we all do. Well... Okay, but, but that eighth day is the great day, a day in which a special gift is to be brought to the Lord. And so uh, if, we, if we went on down to verse 37 in John 7, the Bible says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, which, by the way, begins again tomorrow. Tomorrow at sundown. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This Jesus spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I believe that we are in a not-yet moment I believe that we stand at a very special time, not only for this year, but a very special time in the whole order, the whole calendar, and the whole timeline of God. And remember, we are the ones that are stuck on the timeline. God is not on the timeline. God lives off the timeline. One day, we will live off the timeline. It's amazing to me how God can hear every one of our prayers at the same time and answer every one of them at the same time. Can you imagine that? every person in the earth could pray right now and God could hear every one of them. Why? Because we understand life in time and time is a line we live on. There is a past, there is a present, there is a future and that timeline is for us. But God lives off the line. The one day we will see what he sees and time will be no more. But for right now we can't see it like God sees it. God sees the the end from the beginning. He sees the past, the present, and the future. He's not limited by time. That's why he can you know, uh, you know, do what he does and not one second has passed. We're stuck in a not yet moment. God sees us raised and seated with him in heavenly places. God sees his work finished. He sees his enemies, his footstools. The Bible says that all things are under the feet of Jesus, how be it we do not yet see all things under His feet. We are in a not-yet world. We're in a not-yet moment. We're in a not-yet Uh, how in the world can we live in a not yet moment whenever we see such great need we have such such great dreams and hopes and desires and 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 yet yearning on the inside of us is immortality and and as, as the apostle paul says it's just yearning immortality wanting to be clothed upon with immortality it's not that we want to die it's not that we want to get this body off of us it's that we want to get that what he has on and and, and we yearn because we live in this not yet moment but yet even though it's not yet God has still given us a now I believe that just like Jesus said 2000 years ago that there's something special planned on this great day Tomorrow, as I said, begins this historic great day of the feast in which we present our best gifts to the Lord. What would a gift be? What would a best gift? What would a gift worthy of God be? What could you give the Lord in this season, in this time, in this moment? Remembering the Feast of Tabernacles is a time that we look back and see that God protected us in all of our journeys. He led us through the wilderness moments of our lives. In times past when we have been disappointed. In times past when we have been let down. In times past when we have failed. In times past when things haven't gone according to our plans. Yet God was with us. He never failed us. Never forsook us. He never left us alone. He walked with us. And as we remember all that God has done for us, it should help us in our moment. Even though it's a not yet moment, we should still realize that God is with us today in our wilderness. He is with us today in our pain. He's with us today in our worry. He's with us today in our fears. He's with us today in our sickness. He's with us today in this nation. God is with us. He has not forsaken us. He does not have the ability to forsake his children. The Bible says that even if we denied him, yet he abides faithful for he cannot deny himself. He is a faithful God. He will not leave us. He will never forsake us. Even though we may not yet see what we have trusted him for, yet our God is faithful and God sees the finished work. He sees the end from the beginning. What gift could we give such a marvelous God? God sees your relationships healed. God sees your, your fears assuaged. What gift could we give this mighty God on this special day? On this special day, in this season. The world has never been here before. Our politicians will not help. Our government cannot help. They will not help and they cannot help. Don't imagine they can. They can't. They don't have the ability to help. Okay? And many of them even have no desire don't look to the government for your help look to god what can we give god today i'm going to tell you that there is only one thing that god cannot manufacture God is self-sufficient in everything except one thing. There is one thing that he cannot get without you. And it's the one thing he wants the most. You know, he so loved us that he gave his only son. He gave us a special gift. He gave us of His Holy Spirit. He said He will come and live in us. But yet there's one thing that He cannot get without you. And that is your trust in Him. It's called faith. 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 You trusting God above the circumstances, above the situation, above the politics, above the racial tension, above every other thing that comes your way that wants to say that you are at your worst day and it's going to get worse from here. One thing, your trust. That's the one thing God wants that he cannot manufacture. God is dependent on you for you to trust him it's your choice you can give god this gift or not and it is a gift believe me it is a gift it's like husbands and wives you know the bible says husbands love your wives but you know it doesn't say wives make your husbands love you and punish them if they don't why because it's a gift it's a gift And there's nothing anyone can do to demand that gift. It's something that by choice, a husband loves his wife by choice. God loves us by choice. Nobody's making him do it. It's a choice. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, nowhere does the Bible say, make your wives submit. And if they don't, punish them. Nowhere. That is a word to them. And it's a gift. If you have a wife that is supporting you, it's a precious gift. Treat it like a gift. Treat it like a precious gift. Treat it like a gift that is given by choice. Because I promise you, they don't have to. It's a choice, it's a gift. Wives, treat the love your husband gives you as a gift. Treat Jesus as a gift as a precious treat eternal life as a gift it's a gift from god you can't make a demand on god what would you do if god decided to send you to hell what would you do if he just decided chose i'm i'm gonna send you to hell to whom would you complain where would you take your case? Oh, No, I don't think he will. <laughs> no. I know he won't, but I tell you what, I'm going to still treat that as a gift from him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for eternal life. Thank you, God. And he will treat my faith, my trust in him as a gift to him. And that's the only thing I have to give him is my trust. I have nothing else to give him. So in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, in the midst of this world gone crazy, in the midst of the trouble that this world is in, in the midst of the things I cannot understand, I cannot even explain, I do not agree with, and I wish that I could fix, but even in the midst of my wilderness experience, you know, if I wake up in the morning and for some reason I've been translated into some foreign country and in and, 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 and some horrible situation, the very first thing I am going to do is to place my trust in jesus i'm not going to strike out trying to change everything i'm going to do my best to find jesus put my trust in him faith in god you see because faith is my now faith is my now whenever it seems that the answer from heaven is not yet Whenever it seems that all of your prayers are receiving that not now, not yet. Or perhaps you don't see the answers to your prayers materializing. Maybe what you are doing is you know just, just not, not uh, you feel like it's a not yet moment. Put your faith in God. And let your faith become your now. Because now faith is the substance of things that I hope for. Now faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Let faith cover your not yet moments. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. Surely, the Bible says, He will bring it to pass. This morning... I want to encourage those of you, not only on campus, but also those of you online, to realize that Jesus is not here in person. The rapture of the church is not here at this moment. We live in a not yet time. We live in a time whenever we still have to interact with wickedness and with trouble, with disappointments, with fear, with worry, with frustrations. We're still tempted in this particular life. But just because we wake up in a not yet moment, in a not yet world, does not mean that we cannot offer our faith toward God. What is it that you can offer Him today? How about trust for your personal life? If you're experiencing something in your personal life, worries, fears, frustrations, sickness, pain, what are you facing in your personal life that you could offer Him your trust and trust Him for a better day? What is it in your family that you could begin to trust God? What is it in this Feast of Tabernacles on this great day? What special gift could you give to God to say that I'm going to trust you with a son, a daughter, a parent that's away from you? I'm going to trust you. I may be in a not yet moment. I may not yet see what I am believing God for, but I refuse to faint. As the psalmist said, I would have fainted had not I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you're in a not yet moment concerning your community or your nation, and, and you wake up frustrated and angry, listen, maybe it's a not yet. Maybe Jesus said, "You know, my time has not yet come, but yours is is always ready your time is always ready it's always time to trust and to believe jesus wanted his brothers to believe in him and they could do it any day give jesus your trust perhaps you have never asked jesus to be your lord and savior if not why not Ultimately, this Feast of Tabernacles points at a time when God is going to gather the earth to Him. That day will come. It's not yet, but it will come. But your time has already come. It's here now. Won't you ask Jesus just to be your Lord and Savior? Invite Him into your heart. You can do that right where you are. Just simply say, whether you're here on campus or whether you're watching online, just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart, save my soul, forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, yeah, teach me how to live. Connect me to a good church, Lord. Help me to grow. I choose you. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date.